You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I am your host, Anthony Abbott. Uh, on this episode, I am joined by Wrexham midfielder and Canadian international, Charlie Trafford. Welcome to the show, bud. Appreciate it. Really excited to do this. I've seen a few episodes. This is a couple of big guests, so I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah, like not every week can be a big guest, so that's why we have you on this week. So, uh... <laughs> uh, listen, like I, like I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I need a little bit of I need a little bit of boosting like that. So I appreciate that. That's what I I need. Like I said, it's I've lucked out. You've lucked you've lucked out getting me looking this good on a day just with the Christmas party tonight. So, but I need a bit of boosting like that. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, we we normally just start off with a few kind of easier questions. So, what's your uh, favorite cheat meal? Listen, I've been pretty good with my diet. My the girlfriends have got me on this vegetarian plant based diet for the last two years, so it's tough to the cheat meals are not there as much anymore. But I do love a I love my candy, my sweets. So sometimes if I if I'm gonna cheat, go for that. Nice, nice. Um, so they're gonna make a, a movie. Uh, who would you like to play you in the movie? Um, Denzel Washington. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure you can make. Uh, I'm sure you can make that like, work. Out, out of out, listen, out of out of respect to my job, I'm gonna have to say Ryan Reynolds. You know, okay, I, the guy's on fire right now, and technically my boss, so I have to I have to go with him. And I his movies are hilarious, and he's a cool guy. But Denzel's my guy. Denzel's an absolute G. So I have to listen. We gotta. Yeah. So breaking what, what, down, breaking what, down stereotypes, giving him new roles. So. I like it. I like what you could do. You could have like Ryan Reynolds playing you in your younger years, and then something <laughs> weird, and, and then something totally fucking weird happens, and then Denzel <laughs> takes over. Denzel's <laughs> so that's twenty 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 one. Anything can happen. I love know? it. So uh, that my last question actually involves your your boss. So uh, your favorite Ryan Reynolds movie? Um, tough to go against Deadpool. Deadpool is just funny action just a bit of all got him really like back going again his new one free guy is pretty funny as well so it's pretty yeah let's yeah. go deadpool I, I love the the skit he did with beckham for for it was deadpool 2 uh, deadpool 2 did like a little advert with beckham he's saying the piss out of his voice that was kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> so so uh so you so you moved to rexham in the off season well just past the off season uh after what was uh Somewhat successful season in the, the Scottish Premiership, apart from relegation. But how did the whole move come about? How did you end up in Wrexham? Um, yeah, the UK movement's funny. And just like, again, as soon as I finished my season last year, they were they had been on to me at the end of last season. And as much of it's like such a cool project and exciting, I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted at the moment with my career, to be honest. I was in a bit of a weird space mentally and... Yeah, I was just not sure exactly what I was going to do. And um, they kind of stayed on it. And then things kind of went a bit quiet. And I had a few other offers ended up falling through. A few things with COVID, a few different things happened. And I just really wasn't sure what I wanted, I guess, to say. And um, and then they kind of came back onto it, I guess. Maybe they had a target fall through. And a bit late, like you said, a bit after the offseason. And so things kind of re-came re about and, and, it, and it came from there. And then beyond that, you know, it's just, 
it's a cool club. It's, it's a club with huge history. It's a big club. Um, and then obviously with the new ownership, it's like exciting. It's a, such a cool project. And I really, I'm big on that stuff. I love things that are moving forward. I love things that are going in the right way. Um, so at that point, I couldn't really, really turn it down and wanted to, to jump on this. You know, they're building something big. They, they have huge aspirations. They're putting money in. They're putting building the, the culture and stuff like that. So it's, it was pretty exciting. So then I, I jumped back on it and, and now we need to get going. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think maybe a lot of people in, in Canada like aren't aware of like how steeped in history Wrexham is. It's like it's the oldest club in Wales. I think it's like the second oldest club in the world. Uh, so just, it's, it's steeped in history. And like, did, did, you, did you get a sense of that then when you joined? Like, you know, when you're walking through the gates for the first time like that, you know, obviously they haven't been doing well for quite a, quite a while. Like, so there's a lot of pressure too, I guess. Um, did you feel that kind of sense of uh, history when you, when, you, when, you, when you joined? Yeah, I think as soon as I joined, you know, the amount of messages I was getting, the, the excitement around it when you come to the stadium, you can just feel that there's, there's something here. Um, like you said, they've not fallen away, but they've, they've struggled for a lot while. And so it takes, although that history is there, that the culture needed to be rebuilt, I think. And so it's been pretty cool to see. It's a, it's a slow process. I think people from people don't under, people underestimate the difficulties of doing that, building a winning culture, building a whole a culture around something, you know, it takes, it takes so much time. It takes the right people. It takes a bit of luck. It takes dedication, all this. So it does, it's going to take time. It's, but you can definitely feel it. It's coming back and, you know, they're selling out every game. Now they're in the fifth league and they're getting over t- like 10,000 fans a game. Wow. It's, you know, it's pretty, it's, and then, and they're expanding the stadium. I, I think they're at least doubling the stadium in size, you know, so they have these, their aspirations are there, you know, they have the, the, the foundation to really be a, a top club and go back. Uh, people would say it sounds silly saying Premier League, but you know, that's the, the money they're putting in, the, everything they're doing. It, it has the potential. It's going to, again, it's going to take so much time, but that's the, that's where they want to go. And if you don't set your sights on something like that, then, I think there's no point doing a project like this, but it's going to take time and, and everything. But yeah, you can feel it here. You can feel the excitement. Um, and now then we need to kick on, get the results and, and get things moving. Yeah. I mean, like they only need to look up the road there to like Swansea or Cardiff and see that it is possible. Like Cardiff went from the bottom league all the way to the Premier League and uh, Cardiff were pretty much the same. So, I mean, it's like it, it's definitely been done before and having a great fan base is always a great place to start. And it, it, do you think that's what attracted Ryan and Rob to the club like that? Because it, it is, it was like, it was totally like our left field, right? I mean, like, like you would think of the ones that they'd go for a club in London or Manchester or Liverpool, like just this random club in Wales. Was it, was it that that attracted them to it? Yeah, I think, I think they look, I think they looked at quite a few clubs um, and a mixture of things kind of, made this one the choice but i think that played a huge part in it you know it although it's a bit funny that the like the ex the class of 92 united guys that they went for a club like salford which again it's close to them but it's a club with no fan base no anything i think but so i guess it's possible to go and do it that way and see what you can do but i think the excitement behind this this is that's what's so cool about this whole project and 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 made it special for them i think and yeah, I think so many things just clicked at this club. That, you know, that there's the excitement, the fan base. Why would you want to build a, a club that goes up to the Premier League if you don't have that fan base behind it? You know, I think it's, 
I think, and I think they, as much as they did their work on that, I don't think they realized how kind of great this was going to be until they came over. To, and I got to speak to them a little bit about it. And I think they realized like, and you hear them on interviews and stuff like that now. And I think they're pretty blown away by like the size and the passion. People underestimate that over the Europe, like that it's in, oh, in South America, I'm sure the same and stuff, but yeah, it's in the blood here, you know, and it's something that's pretty cool to see and coming watching from like North American sports where, you know, we have such a huge passion for it, but maybe not as much like that deep rooted in your blood, like life and death, like religious, <laughs> religious, religious level, if that makes sense, you know? So I think it's, yeah, so many things tick the right boxes here. It's a place where they can come in, they get to build their own brand. They get to, yeah, build something back up from whatever, from the ashes and get, and it has the, the foundation that it makes sense. So. I, I know the part of this was that they were going to be doing, a, a reality show like for fx or something like that so is is that still happening like is there cameras around everywhere like are, like are they following you around everywhere like and uh, how's that yeah uh, how, yeah how it's been, adjusting to it um it was funny though like my first week or two weeks at the club is that is just, like and up until then so basically yeah they're filming everything there's crew, huge camera crews everywhere training in the stadium watching everything going home with players doing different stuff um they actually right like and then ryan reynolds and rob mcclain they came out for this visit maybe like three weeks ago i think or a month ago right when i first signed and then the camera crews kind of left at the beginning of this month and they're they're just home for christmas and then they come back beginning of january but but yeah there's a big big show coming around and i think they're doing two seasons i'm not sure how much i'm allowed to say i don't know what they're saying but yeah there's they're filming a couple seasons and doing a, one of these um yeah one of these shows so hopefully you know promotion would be a pretty cool thing to for it to to be make the exciting tv i guess so so have they like jumped on the fact that you're a canadian and ryan's canadian like is that something that's going to be uh like mentioned on the show and, and, and stuff like that because that is a cool like little little side note to everything i guess that the two are canadians hanging out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. From the beginning, from my first sign, it was always it was there was like jokes and talks about that, you know. So it was pretty, it was pretty funny. And the, the token Canadian <laughs> have to have. But, the best uh, hashtag ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, and it was pretty cool when he came out here. You know, it gave like an immediate like icebreaker, and I ended up getting to speak with Ryan for like 15, 20 minutes, kind of one on one, which was pretty surreal. I guess it's pretty fun. He, he just seems like a guy that's just like bursting with like energy you know what i mean like he just kind of seems like he's like just you know i i don't know like you, you kind of feel like, you, like you're gonna believe in what he's what he's saying just in that 20 minutes you know what i mean like he just yeah he will sell it, it on it yeah yeah and yeah the, the way he, how he acts in his movies is that's just how he is in real life <laughs> it's pretty crazy like it makes it feel a bit almost weird because you're like no i've watched this already like but he's always <laughs> on jokes the jokes the jokes like but it was pretty pretty kind of surreal to like it was surreal to be there he's a like an, a global superstar icon whatever you want to call it but then to in that environment i think it is something like completely different for him and so you could see it like i don't think he was like 100 percent comfortable it was a bit like something different which is again something crazy to see it just someone that big that you would never expect that and then 
they get to be around athletes, for, which is for them pretty cool. Rob McElhinney tried to come, he spoke to me and he said, no, they, they got to, they, like they came and did a bit of training on field with us. And he goes to me, oh, this was the coolest thing I've ever done. This is like going to like batting practice with the Yankees. <laughs> and I was like, ah, no. I was like, listen, I understand where you're coming from, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, it's pretty funny. I've always seen you as a Derek Jeter of uh, soccer, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so 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 like uh, we kind of just talked a little bit off air, like just before we came on here. Like uh, obviously, I'm sure people have noticed that you haven't played a game yet, but we all we also know that you didn't come into the club uh, until like nearly like as only a month ago. So how are you finding yourself, like getting back into to, into shape and match fit, um, and how's things like how's the coach? How are you? He's because he's the coaches have got a, a really great record, actually. They got really lucky with who they brought in. So, how's that been working yeah. out for you, too? Um, yeah, it's been a bit tough. Like, obviously, I, like I've not played a game for like six months, so it's just again, you can do as much running as you want. You know, the match fitness, you need to play games to get that. So, it's been a bit tough on that sense. The whole, I have quite, a, I guess, a long off season, <clears throat> and. It was, I guess, mentally tough. I, you know, like I said to you, I was just not fully sure what I wanted with my career at the moment. I was, you know, going through a bit of that stuff um, and then just trying to get up to speed. So it's been tough. It's a good group here. It's a really good group. The gaffer's been good. It's just, yeah, again, like I said, since I arrived, I think when I signed, we were in like 15th place and we've now lost one game. And since I've arrived, we're up into like third or fourth place. So it's been it's tough for him to just change the team around. We have a huge, we have a really a big squad. So it's, yeah, it takes time. I guess something that people don't see from the outside and, and that, but it's as frustrating as it is, you know, it's just about biding my time and waiting for the moment and, and then getting back up to speed fully. So hopefully, hopefully soon now. Yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're obviously coming into like the big, Christmas fixture list so I'm sure there's going to be opportunities for everyone to kind of get a game and stuff like that but is that like is that like qualification promotion that's the definite goal and like Phil must be feeling a bit of pressure himself that because that's what's expected of him too right yeah I think it's not really even like I said the owners were over Rob and Ryan were over the last month and they made it clear they tried to take a bit of that pressure off like they said that you know, it, that's, it's not, uh, we're not viewing this as a complete failure if we don't get promoted. It's that whole thing about building this, the culture again and, and doing that. But at the same time, you know, they put in a, a lot of money. We've spent a lot of money on players. Um, so I think as a group of players, you know, you, you, regardless what they say, you know that that's the expectation. And, and that's, you know, the players they've brought in, um, the group we have, the manager, you know, that's the only kind of thought we have is that so there i think yeah everyone's viewing it that that's the goal that's the objective this year and if you don't get that it's there's huge disappointment behind it at the same time people this is one of the hardest leagues to get out of they say it's just yep. it's a crazy league there's a handful of other teams who have pumped in huge money so there it's a tough one but but yeah definitely the the goal and only objective this year then and we would see it as a failure if we don't is to get promoted but I mean, like you're seeing, like uh, like huge names in in English football, like drop out of the football league, like Notts County, Burnet, all those kind of guys, like dropping down into that league. So, and there's only I, th- I think there's a one or two spots to go back up. So it's yeah. it's really competitive, and the money 
obviously there's going to be a lot more once you make it into the football league too. So I, I can imagine like that it's really really competitive and uh, like I'm, I'm sure people aren't holding back. <laughs> so so like 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 the last season you were with the you were with Hamilton, you were with the Ackies in in um, in Scotland. So you just had some decent results. I mean, like you drew one one with Rangers. Uh, you know, you obviously had some bad results too, and it ended in relegation. But from I know you had a uh, you fractured your your ankle midway through the season, but like. Overall, how was your first season playing in the top level of uh, Scottish football? Um, yeah, like you said, it ended in relegation, so it's an absolute like disappointment. I was gutted, and I don't think I played the last ten games. And we 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 picked up one win at what three points out of the last possible thirty. So it was a bit of a like a debacle end of the season, I guess, um, which was so frustrating for me. You know, I just got on a good run of form, like you said, that Rangers game and. I think I played like five or six in a row there and we was like the best run of form of the season. And then all of a sudden I don't play the last 10 games. And so it was, fr- it was frustrating, but it was exciting. You know, it's such a, a hist- almost historic league, you know, and you get to go play at Celtic Park Rangers. Um, and it's, it's a pretty cool thing. So as frustrating as there's our moments, you know, I've tried to something I've never really done that much or enough of in my career is sometimes stepping back and appreciating those kinds of things. And, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And it was, you know, I didn't feel out of place. I felt like I should have been there a while before. And so it was pretty, it was fun. It was, yeah, historic. It was cool. It was exciting all the time. So it was, it was brilliant. So you, um, with the games with Celtic and Rangers, like with the pandemic, I think they were played behind closed doors. Like there was no fans allowed. Like you must feel cheated though. You know, like you're going into these cauldrons of, football like you know like two iconic stadiums in in ibrox and and celtic park and like all you can see is the ball boys you know what i mean <laughs> like you, you must feel like a little bit cheated by the whole thing yeah for sure i think still you like stepping into the stadium empty is still like pretty pretty crazy i'm not gonna lie it's it's just a different feeling i guess i don't know how to describe it but it's one of those that it's just you know the, the history there the so it's it was pretty regardless of that it was crazy but yeah 100 percent you feel cheated you want to those but again in 10 years when i tell my kids about it i will be telling them there was seventy thousand people there screaming my name you do feel you do feel we're like yeah disappointed in that but that's that's the reality of the last couple of years and it's been tough i think for obviously financially on clubs and teams but mentally it's just you know as a footballer it's just like it's not the same it's hard so I, I always kind of wondered like I mean like like there's such a huge gap in in Scotland between those two teams and everybody else like what it's like for you guys like when you go when you go to play Celtic and Rangers like does it feel like a cup like I know it's such a cliche like it's like a cup final for us kind of thing but you know that these guys are probably making four to five times the amount of money that you guys are making and they get all the best facilities. Like I know Hamilton probably tried their best, but it's never going to be the same. So do you, do you feel like kind of a little bit of an extra incentive to go there and like, like give it a hundred and hundred percent? Yeah. You try to tell yourself that's not the case because you know, you're, you want to get up for every game. And if you're like a true professional, you know, you're, you're trying to be up for every game. You know how important every game is. In fact, the games at the other end of the table are probably more important, yeah. but it's impossible not to to do that you know you go into these these historic clubs you know how big of it is on the tv always it's 
you know, so many people watching, you, it's impossible not to be up a little, that a little bit extra nerve, adrenaline, whatever it is that comes with it. And so, yeah, like you said, as cliche as it is, cup final, and every team in Scotland knows that. And it, it's kind of the, the benefit is obviously those clubs are in a, a different level, like you say, financially and um, prestige, but they, it comes with a lot of pressure. You know, they have that, they have that, the expectation that they need to win, not draw, not any, win, like outright win, not even just one nil win. If they don't have dominant performance every week, you know, people getting onto them. So it comes with a bit of a pressure. And so that game again, we, where we drew one, one with Rangers, you know, we had, a, um, we played on amazing, but we just in their face and up for a fight. And, you know, it's just, if you can do that, you know, they, and not let them really get going, you have a chance. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you did better against Rangers than what Celtic did it, like last season. So, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's a pr- pretty good way of looking yeah. at it. But, but like, so obviously going from the Scottish Premier Division down to the National League, like, so was there any kind of other offers out there for you in between? Because it is like I'm sure, like you kind of have to think about dropping down the divisions to to play where you are. Like, so was there offers from elsewhere? Yeah, I had quite a bit on the table, especially right at the beginning of the the summer which I said no to just because I was wanted to hold out to something I really like I said I really didn't I was in a bit of a weird place mentally and so I wasn't sure 100% what I was going to do what I wanted so I, I and then a few things then people they signed the next target they signed this a couple of things in Scandinavia that like the borders closed down from COVID they couldn't get in couldn't get into Norway couldn't do stuff like this so it was pretty a bit tough at the same time this is I've dropped down technically dropped down quite a ways in divisions wise, but the, they've signed loads of players in this that are like league one players. And I wouldn't say the level is far off of like Scottish champ or Scottish prem even, wow. which is pretty crazy. The I, people, again, this is, I, when I signed here, I didn't expect this at all, That but the, the quality of players we have is pretty, is yeah loads of players who have played at the top guys one boy came from Manchester United played loads his whole career in the Premier League and in the champ you know so it's 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 a crazy league there's a lot of money there's a lot of money in it there's a lot of players on big big money and come from big clubs and so it's yeah it's a hard one to analyze and say that oh I'm just playing at like the fifth division men's league it's like it's like a top level <laughs> It kind of makes you worry for Scottish football. Then, if that's the case, you know, like you know, not, not I wouldn't care. I wouldn't worry too much about the national league. It'd be the Scottish league if that's where they're competing now. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like the championship or league one. They're competing with the national league for players. I mean, like it's that's a very scary proposition for Scottish football. Yeah, and I, again, it's hard to. I would people underestimate the Scottish league as well. How hard that league is to go and play in. Um, but I think there's just people underestimate the amount of players in the UK, you know, it's, it is, and the amount of money that comes all the way down. So they, they're signing, like they're paying more in these le- levels than in a lot, like most of the top divisions in all the, in, in European countries. It's crazy. It's, it is really crazy, I guess to say. So yeah, I, I, it's hard one to judge on exactly. Like, again, like I said, they're getting 10,000 fans a game. They're paying money, like league one money for players. It, we signed a boy from who who 
broke the record, I think, for most goals in League Two last year. He had offers to go to the championship. He's come here instead of going to the English championship. So that's the kind of money they're putting around. It's pretty, it is pretty crazy. So you've been in Europe now, like for like how long? How long are you in Europe? Like 10, ten years. Ten years. It, it, like, what, what was it like for you going over first of all? And did you ever think that you'd still be there <laughs> ten years later? <laughs> I this is like I said, this is one of the things I've never really. This is the first time in my career almost that I've stepped back and like like thought about stuff like that, you know. I'm, and it, it is crazy. I never, never thought I, again, if you, I, when I was, don't, I, I, I told myself from when I was about five years old that I was going to be a professional soccer player. So I, I knew it, I think I knew it was going to happen or I believe so strongly that it was going to happen. But to the, when I look back at the obstacles, not necessarily the obstacles, but kind of the situation I came from to do it, I think is I never thought it would, it would last this long or I would, I would do this. Do I think I could have had gone and had a better career? Probably. And that's one of the things, like I said, this summer that I've had to step back and been mentally very drained and, and, and taken back. And so I've tried to slow down and appreciate that and how, how crazy this adventure really has been and coming from again, when I like playing in Calgary where, you know, you, why would you ever become a professional footballer? <laughs> so, Especially then. I think nowadays, nowadays it's becoming more realistic, you know, with the CPL, all this. And yeah, I mean, I, I was reading an article there yesterday with uh, Easton and Garrow, who plays for for Edmonton, and he, he was saying that he won, like he played in Europe during the pandemic, like he had a couple of months loan in Denmark, and even he was saying that you know, like when he was younger, it felt like Europe was like this crazy far away place, and now he suddenly realizes that it's not anymore. There's a lot of like avenues and. Uh, to get there so like i mean like for him for instance like what what kind of advice would you give him like you know making that kind of first proper step over into the into europe yeah and i think again when i was young that the, the avenues were much like harder to come by i think it was such a it was not impossible but it was the amount of top players i've seen that just you know didn't have a chance or an opportunity i think it is amazing to, i read the mouth um Glad, Gladwell book the other day and it talks about maximizing human potential you know and in a certain area and I think something like the CPL is massive for that you know we we do have the talent we have the athletic abilities in Canada but we just we've never been able to maximize it I guess you know and without a league it's, it's really not possible it's one of the reasons I'm a big fan of the CPL and and even stuff like your podcast stuff that just gets more people into this stuff and, and going but I would I would say advice, you know, now, like you said, the avenues are becoming a bit, a bit easier to come by. It's still, it's still hard. And I think people underestimate how ruthless it is over here. You know, it's, it is a, it's a, a dog fight. It's, it is, it is tough, but it is possible. And I think there's lots of talent coming out of Canada. And I think you need to, you need to bet on yourself and you need to put your head down and work like, and like work people, I think um, even CPL players, top guys, I forget his name, boy who won the player of the year the first year. Uh, Borges. Borges. When he's come over, you know, and he's come over to Belgium and I think he's a top player. He's brilliant. I watched him and then come over and doesn't play ever here. And that just shows 
it's it's so tough not just not just the level the level is good and it, it take it is a, a big jump up but it's just the mentality and i think that's what you need to be prepared for you know it's such a it's a killer world over here i've i've, I've seen some crazy stuff and 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 it takes yeah you need to you need to have that resilience i think that's one of the biggest things you need if you want to do it because i see a lot of canadian boys who have who are athletic enough who have the talent who are skillful enough we need to and with the cpl now we have the the chance it's opening doors of you know that becoming a more footballing have a football brain you know something that almost you're more naturally have over here just because you watch so much football growing up soccer you know you're around it all the time over there it's not the same so but that's slowly coming, but I think it's the mentality, you know, you need to come over and, and be ready to, to fight for your life because that's what boys are doing. Boys coming from Africa, South America, the European guys, you know, they're fighting for their, literally fighting for their life. You need to be ready. Yeah. I, I think as well uh, that like players get blinded by the club itself. You, you Like with Borges, for instance, like he went to like a team that I think was in the Belgian first or second division. So like, that's a big move for somebody from the CPL. But maybe it wasn't the right move for him. And the fact that, like, they already had players in that position, and you just like, I still feel he's trying to get recover from. Like, he went back to Forge. Like, I'm sure in his head, he probably felt a little bit like, you know, head between my tail between my legs kind of thing. And it took him a while to get, get back going again in this, even in the CPL. So I think that's a big risk that kids don't like, or you're just you get blinded by who's approaching you. And you just think that, oh, wow, like, I'm going to go and play for the U team in like sport in Lisbon or, or something. And then, but they don't realize that there's like 150, 200 other kids that are in the same boat, you know, like, I mean, the CPL has opened my eyes to an awful lot of how the English system just churns out kids. I mean, like John, like uh, Jordan Brown and uh, Mavilla and all those kind of guys, like we're just kind of almost like chewed up and spit out by the, the youth systems and it's kind of hard to keep going yeah, and, and they're and they're decent players you know and they yeah. come over and, and they're like nowhere near it over here they, and and that's what it is they're so you just there's no time to slow down you know if you take your foot off the gas for one second there's a hundred kids ready to to take your place and dreaming of taking your place and fighting and what everything so it is it is crazy and i, I do agree with you you can't be blinded by the club you need to be ready for the 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 reality of it but I think, you know, it comes a lot of luck as well. You could go to a small club and, and, and then you miss out anyway. You could go to a big club yeah. and there's five, there's five, six injuries, COVID breakout, and, and you get your chance. So it's, it's such a hard thing to, to say what the right route is, what the right thing to do is. But I tell you, I guarantee it that without, if you're not really, if you don't have a resilient mindset and the drive to work, like you've never worked, then it's like not a career for you. But again, I would say that for pretty much everything you want to do. So it's the best job in the world. Don't get me wrong. It's, I don't want to sound negative around it, but it is. <laughs> it's, it's taken a lot out of me in the last couple of years. I, I, had, a, I, I had a moment in the career where I had a, a high up person at the club say, offer me, if I paid half my salary to him, I would play every game. What the and. F- you're not the first and, person I've heard and, this from. What the fuck is this? Like I, I've heard no, this. No, and I've, and this is what I mean. Like, and and so that I was not prepared for that. You know, listen, I came over from Canada with this like naive mentality of how like that's such a pure game, and it's you know that's what I'm not without again. I don't want to sound 
negative or pessimistic or anything about this because it, it like this is the best job in the world i'm living my dream it's the greatest thing ever but uh, like i had that and then i i said no which i'm again proud of i guess but yeah. i never i never stepped on the field again for a year wow. and i thought oh listen I'll, I'll i'll work i'll work hard and i'll show them you know if i work hard enough i'll get my chance not even close you know what i mean it doesn't matter what i don't care how many injuries i don't care I, like i was never playing again and i i i don't know if i've recovered from that even you know I've, it's been almost not falling out of love with the game because i'm obsessed with it i genuinely obsessed with it. i watch my girlfriend goes mental i watch about 20 games a week i study it i watch it i i, I go to training i like i love it but maybe falling out of love with it as a job if that makes sense because it is like it's a yeah something like that just kills my whole like my heart around it just that it makes it a sad thing that like stuff like that is happening but that's the reality of it it's a, a ruthless job it's a ruthless business there's thousands of kids willing to take my spot or willing to do something like that or to do it wow. so it is it is crazy and yeah i'm like i said when, since I, when i i think how old was i eight years old we had we used to dress up Halloween for at school, and four years in a row I went dressed as a soccer player. And my mom was like, <laughs> my mom, my mom said like, I'm, my mom was like, yeah, surely this year you know this is do something different. But that's all I want. That's all I wanted. I just it was that is nothing else. I didn't have anything else. So it is, yeah. I had this this dream, and and I'm like, this is what I said about I've had to step back a bit at this moment in my career and and kind of appreciate this that I've that I've got to play in Europe for a decade. I've got to travel around the world. I've met my girlfriend. I've, I've met amazing people. I've done some crazy stuff. I have some amazing stories and, and everything. And so I've, yeah, like I said, it's tough this summer. Really, it was one of the toughest kind of moments in my career where I was just like sad around it and t a lot taken out of it. And so it's been this whole year, I'm trying to really get that like love back and really and, and enjoy myself and really... Yeah, play for myself and, and do it like that. I, I love it. That's a it's a great way to uh, make sure that your mom gets you the latest kit every year too, dressing up as a football player every year. <laughs> I, I'm sure she. I, I like yeah, your, I, yeah, I like yeah. your thinking. <laughs> Think smart, you know. Work, work smart. So, um, like you, you went and you, you played in, in in Scandinavia, and it seems to be like a, an avenue for a lot of Canadians. Actually, I, I mean, like like. Zach Secund is there now. I think uh, Jan Filion is playing there as well. And what was it? Uh, what was it like for you? Like to like were you expecting the league there to be like as competitive as what it was, and like and uh, the, the the players to be as good as they were? Not really. I, I went to Holland first, right? So I signed in Holland, played only in the second te team there. But that was an um, unbelievable kind of moment for me to to get my foot into the door and. But yeah, I would say we can maybe we'll touch on that maybe after. But any the the Scandinavian, it's such a it is that it's a, I think the perfect route for a lot of Canadians into the system. You know, it's a, a route into European football that still has a lot of the Canadian like vibes, I guess we'll say, just in terms of the the, the lifestyle, the people, and so it's as ruthless and competitive and and the level is. I would say it still it has that very honest factor about it you know so as much as it is you know we're here to win we're here to, to do this and and if you're not the best you're not going to play but there, i didn't have any issues with 
that other stuff behind the scenes, stuff that you don't want. So it's still there. It felt so pure still. And the level's good there. Like the, the tactical and the technical side was, is top. It's, it's brilliant there. They take so much focus on it. It's good. They lack a little bit of the physicality and stuff where I would say when you go to these other European countries, Poland, Scotland, the UK, it's on a different level than that. But the other stuff is brilliant. And I think so it's a, a great avenue in for, for Canadians. I think, yeah, it's amazing lifestyle, amazing people. And the football is good enough that it gets you if you do well there. Yeah, you can go anywhere. So it's, for me, amazing. So yeah, as you mentioned, like you, you was it? I'm gonna put your name, the Grand French Champ or something. I, I I'm really bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the the, the grass shop. Yeah. So like, uh, you're you're playing in 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 Canada. Like you're going through the the system there, and you're you're being taught different ways. Like, how much different would that have been <laughs> going from? And that's not to say against what the Canadian coaches are doing, but you're going, you're going from, philo- we're talking about philosophies of football. But what was that like, like going from Ontario football or, sorry, Alberta football to um, to, 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 to playing in, in Holland? Oh, 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 eye-opening experience, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I gr- listen, I grew up with, like, the Tommy Wielden and the kind of the he obviously since I was young and this and so we that Canadian mentality of just work as hard as you can win your tackles at the end of the game have your hands on your knees breathing as heavy as you can and then that's all that matters when I got there I think my like within the first week you know we're doing like possession games I'm sprinting around flying into tackles smashing people just <laughs> just running just running around oh, I God. remember the coach I just remember the coach stopping the training session you know, and asking me like what I'm, what I'm doing. And I thought, I'm like, I'm about to get some big praise here. You know, I'm working harder than every player here. And and he just goes, what on earth are you doing? Stop sprinting around like that. You look like an idiot. You know, He's like, you don't need, you don't, you don't need to do that. Stand where you are. The ball moves much faster than you. So get, stand here, move one meter this way, one meter this way, get the ball past it way faster. Stop sprinting around like an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. And, but yeah, they, they, they just look at football differently. And I think it was such an amazing like, first step into Europe for me because I'm, listen, I'm just like a sponge. That's what I've always been. I want to learn everything, I, everywhere I go, take as much as I can. So I'm, I'll be the first to knock on the coach's door and say, oh, can we watch a video together? Can we do this? Can whatever. And, and they're there all about it, you know? So if you're willing to do that in training, the detail that they go into everything is, is so cool for me. It's just like mind blowing. And that's, yeah, I, I have such an appreciation for that. You know, people who are like the detail and going into that. And it's, it's a cool thing, the technical and the tactical in Holland. That was just special. Cool. I, I I wish there was like a, a CTV video of you uh, <laughs> Sprint, yeah. printing around. What, 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 and, um, it's there's always and it's always like they always have like little simple lines like the you know like the ball is faster than you you know things yeah. like that. I lo- I love that shit. Man. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so we we can't I, I can't let you go and not talk about obviously uh, the Canadian national team. Like you you had your you, you had your your three caps and you're involved in some squads and, and stuff like that. Like so I, th- I think your last one was, was in 2017, if I'm correct. Um. So like did. Was there a feeling around the squad that you were involved in then that this new wave of players were coming through? Like, did you guys 
know that these guys were coming through or were, like was it a surprise to you as much as everybody else? I think 50-50. I think there was obviously like this sign of like talent coming up. But I think things have been almost done the same a lot of, for so many years there that I don't think there was, although there was talent coming, I'm not sure if anyone believed that there was going to be like a revolution, I guess, I think. So I think there was excitement and, you know, that comes and goes. But I'd, yeah, I would say I don't think people expected it. I think even up to this year, you know, like you could see it was growing and there was potential, but did we, everyone, anyone believe that it would get like or be as successful right now? I don't think so, to be honest. But it, it's amazing to see. And this, again, I go back to this maximizing human potential and that and getting the best and i think it's it is it is really cool to see it i'm a big fan so it's it's and it, it lines up perfectly with the cpl coming in you know and and when you get a couple guys like alfonso davies or jonathan david you know those guys are changing an entire generation those are players that will get thousands and hundreds of thousands of kids playing and aspiring you know so it's it was needed. And then obviously with the gaffer, every, like the timing, everything has kind of come to, clicked into place. So I think it's, I don't think there was the expectation, but it is amazing, brilliant to see magic to see. So it's, it's, it's cool. So do you think that is off the back of a lot of things that Canada soccer is doing? Like, do you feel like a lot of it is just right time, right place? Like, do you think there's a system? Cause the, the goal is always, like you want your Alfonso Davises, your Jonathan Davids, but you want the next ones when they go. And I think Ireland's always had that problem, like where we will have one or two generational talents, but there's not the conveyor belt. So we'll struggle until we try and find the next one. Um, whereas like obviously other countries just have those players just filtering through the whole time that if somebody retires or gets injured, you have somebody else that's waiting to uh, step into, the, into their shoes. Yeah, and again, that's something we we can't see yet, right? I think Alfonso, like this generation, is the is the big one, and now we get to see if Canada soccer can maximize it, right? Can they can they take this and use it to the perfect of their their ability and get get the next generation behind it, you know? And that will come if they if they the league the CPL. Can they develop the system coming up that we get enough players in it, that we're doing the, the right coaching, that we're doing this, that we're inspiring, that we're growing it at the right rates, right? And so I guess, I think like I, I would say right place, right time. I think, you know, that we get a player like Alfonso Davies and then we get the, all the kind of talent around it. I think Herdman's done an unbelievable job in terms of getting more players in. Um, and actually, and like getting the team playing the way they're playing, but now and now that needs to be utilized, right? That needs to be milked to its full potential, right? That that we don't just use it. It's not just a one generation thing or a one tournament team. You know, it needs to the next because it's not there yet, right? I don't think the infrastructure is there perfectly yet to get the whole next generation in. You know, I think we've almost lucked out with the Alfonso Davies type, you know, but it is growing and there, there's the potential there. And, and so it needs to, that whole infrastructure needs to be put into place to make sure that it, it keeps happening. Right. That's the, what those other countries, it's not a fluke that the Germans, that the Spanish, that the, are the English are 
churning out this many players, right? It's not a fluke. It's that the infrastructure, the, the professional teams, the, the development, right? The, the years behind Holland. So it's not a fluke, but um, so it needs to, we need to utilize that and get it out. Yeah, because I, I almost feel like a lot of the times where, especially in Holland, it's, it's almost not like the, everything's not just geared towards like Ajax or it's not geared towards like PSV. At the end of the day, it's geared between the national team. So it's like, you know, it's like when they're training young guys, it, it's, it's for, it's for everybody. You, you know what I mean? Like that if a, a young guy who's gone through the Ajax system and doesn't make it still has the qualities and the, the potential to sign somewhere else and make it as a professional. And I think that's, I think that's a bit of a difference between the way that the English were doing it for a long time, where it's like, let's hoover up all their, all the talent at Man City or Man United. And then if they don't make it, see is, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, and they, yeah. And also the English were, if you didn't make it and you were not ready at 18, you were just chucked out the door and they had, they had so much coming through that they could almost get away with it. But it was, they were losing so many players because I get, if I look at myself, I was not, I hit puberty like 17. I hit, I grew like 30 centimeters in a year that year. And like, I was nowhere near ready to play professional football at 18. I had to go to university for two years, which normally, again, going to Canadian university is, that's it. And so, you know, but the Dutch do it. They have, they have the under 21s, under 23s. They try to like keep you there long enough to give you that, to give you that chance. And the other good thing in Holland is they fo- they have a big thing for obviously for homegrown players. They the whole league is geared for that. They push as many to keep the Dutch in there uh, as they can. But I, a funny story I when I went to Holland is they they took me off of a favor off a back of a favor to another guy. But they took me on for two reasons. One, I had a, a video that I was it was all right and the favor, and I told them I had a, a passport, a European passport, which there I guess that's technically like that you're, you're almost not Dutch, but you're like, if you have a EU passport, you can play there. If you don't have a passport, you have to earn over, I think half a million. So it's, try, it's to try to like gear the league that either you're signing Dutch players, or if you're going to sign players from outside there and you have to be paying them that much, that means that they're like big talents coming in. And I did my trial there and <laughs> had an unbelievable trial. Like that, like one of those weeks where you just, on, on fire and they finally offered decided to offer me a deal but i didn't have a passport <laughs> i could I, I knew i could get a passport but i didn't technically have a passport oh, oh my god they, they're like they're like all right we're gonna sign you i'm like didn't know what to do and i there was a woman at the club a volunteer and who became like basically family for me and i stayed with them while i was on the trial and i remember she drove into training while we were training walked she's just a volunteer at the club but she just walked she walked out on the pitch and like called me off and she said listen we need to get you a passport and they're not going to sign you and we drove up to the embassy and she like walked into the embassy and she like again bluffed as much as i bluffed about having a passport and she just said listen i'm, I'm working with the club and the, the club is desperate to need him to get his passport, blah, blah, blah. Normally, it takes probably a year to go through the paperwork to get this passport. And they wrote me up an emergency passport on the spot. <laughs> because, wow. they're, again, they're like, they're like that football crazy that they're, that they, that they you, like, uh... when it comes down to that. And so they ended up, yeah, they wrote me a passport. And it, like, it was like a, like a six-month passport. And it gave me the time to then 
like do the full application for my passport. That's crazy. I, I hope to God you send that woman a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, yeah, she actually just passed away recently, oh. but we, yeah, literally became like family with them, and like they came over to Canada, and like, That's yeah, amazing. Really ended up became really close. One of those, I have a, only a handful of people throughout my, like I said to you, I'm a, a bit of a sponge. Anywhere I go, I try to. There's a lesson to be learned from everyone you cross paths with, and so I have that. But there's only a that fine amount of people that I hold closely that I feel really like had an impact on my career, like that I made it thanks to them as well you know and so she's yeah the fa- the whole family but she is up there in my that she she helped me out a lot that, that's awesome so that um, funny. D- d- just before we uh we finish up uh did you watch the cpl final i didn't watch the final i watched the i watched the semi i'm a cavalry fan <laughs> well i'm a cavalry so again i, 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 I watched the semi final i watched the i watched the semi final i didn't watch the final though yeah, it, the the final was kind of it was very odd. It was like I think Forge had like seventy one percent possession, and uh, uh, Pacific just came with a great game plan. And it's, it was nice to get a different champion, to be perfectly honest. But uh, yeah, yeah so, th- something needs to be done in Calvary to try and get into that like next uh, that next step. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started. Uh, this is one of the other things that kept me on the, kept me on my toes in the football. I started a company as well back home. A random completely out of way of football but I started in Calgary and so there's a little bit of pull other than Tommy my family Mason that you know there's a bit of pull towards Calgary something could be could be in the in the future in the coming up maybe a, a move back home Halifax is a nice spot too man you can come check this place out you like it the fa- we get we get six and a half thousand fans every game and uh yeah the people are pretty nice yeah, you can you can do like that last farewell tour in Calvary, but like try and win something here while you're in in Halifax. Um, so the, the final question we ask everybody in the show: You're going to play in a five-a-side tournament from the players you've played with. Who makes the team? Who I've played with? Yep. Five-a-side going the defender Omar Kali, who I played with in in Finland. He's on ended up going on to he plays in Sampdoria now. Unbelievable left-footed center back. Nice. But, crazy unbelievable um again another one he was about to like about to stop football and when he signed in finland and then he's just skyrocketed got bought for like 10 million to sampdoria unbelievable um crazy guy in um in holland i played with anko jansen the guy is one of these crazy guys used to smoke drink fight whatever <laughs> and like a shame he did all that because he could have like but what like what a player one of up front um it's a tough one this is putting me on the spot this I is know, a, I know, one right? i could have that's why i do it put you on the spot man you know it's what? like get, get the old brain matter moving i'm just trying to think of like friends and stuff like that you know what i mean Dude. <laughs> <laughs> another one I'm trying to get I'll put him in there because he's my boy Marcus Fjortov his dad was like a Premier League player and this Norwegian guy class oh, guy like but, Jan, 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 Jan yeah. Fjortov he yeah, had a very, so I played with his he had a favorite he had a famous fight with Roy Keane uh, yeah he got I did. <laughs> I'd only recently seen that guy <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't call it a fight I would say he got he got one punch by Roy Keane <laughs> I was trying to be I was trying to be polite <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't you don't fight with Roy King. You just get you just get punched in the face. Um, 
but yeah, big center back. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to get him over to, to the Canadian League. Played with him in Scotland. Juha Hakala, guy played with in Finland, but he had played in the Dutch top league, a winger. Just had so many injuries, but played in the national team and stuff. Unbelievable. Um, and then I'm putting me in the team. Yeah, or am I put, not allowed to put myself in the team? Up to you, man. Um, putting myself so, right in the team. Love it, love it. So can you do a recap for me? Omar and Fjortov, the back, me in the middle, Jansen up front, and Juha, unbelievable in five asides. Am I putting in goal? That's your five. That's your five there, man. A lot of people don't oh, put yeah. goalkeepers. They play two defenders, so you're all good. All right. Yeah. I'm taking that. So, yeah, man, it's but, been... Uh, quick, my question for you, though. Tell me, why did you why did you start this podcast? What was, what's been your... My inspiration? Goal with this? Vision? Inspiration? <laughs> what reason? Uh, so, a couple of years ago, me and my friends were sitting in a pub and as people in pubs normally do, they're like dreamers. So they're like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool to start it? Cause the CPL had just started. So I was like, Hey, it'd be kind of cool to start a podcast on the back of that. Just to kind of like stay in touch with what's going to be happening in the city and just to kind of fo- follow along with what's happening. And then, so it kind of started off with just me and my buddies just talking and then the pandemic hit. And so we used to like actually meet at a pub which is boys called down the pub and we would like, and then the, the whole thing just changed 180 where like, I was just like, okay, I, I might actually have access to players now. So I was like, I'll just reach out. And I, I it's just been, it's kind of grown from there. And I, I just find it fascinating that like, you know, you guys are getting to do what every kid dreamed of doing. Like when I was growing up, you know what I mean? And just, the, it's, it's great hearing like the great stories and it's it's nice that people are open enough to kind of tell you the shitty stuff that happens too you know what I mean like so it's kind of that it's not all I think people like look at the news and they see players when they were training in their their Mercs and their uh, Lamborghinis but it's there's a lot of sacrifices and there's a lot of um, hard work to get to, to that spot and I think I think it's good that people get to realize that that it's not just yeah, you're, you're plucked out like a one of those machines at the arcade, and they like pull a teddy bear out and you pop it. It's like it's it's it like Messi, Ronaldo, all those guys. Like it's 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 hard work and perseverance and rejection too that gets you there, right? So yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's cool. I really I like that. That's a good answer. It's yeah, really good. I think it's it's like you said, it gets people talking and whatever it is about, whether it's about mental struggles or just hearing cool stories, hearing different motivation. It's it's important and so I, I have a lot of time for that and then like again fully agree with what you say there it is it's the best job in the world I will never like debate that I think it's the you know I get I've got to travel the world I've met my partner I've seen unbelievable stuff I get I'm in good shape I get to you know I wake up every day and play football and get paid for it so it's genuinely the best but it is it is tough and like my brother had a baby this year and I've not got to meet her yet and yeah. stuff like that, and miss weddings, I've missed, and so it's, this is the first year in my career that I've ever stepped, like, not felt sorry for myself, but allowed these feelings to kind of creep in, you know, I was, what, since that, when I moved away, I've been away 10 years, like, never once have I allowed myself to feel homesick, not that I don't miss home so badly, and like, I'm so close with my family, my friends, all this, but I just knew if I let those feelings creep in for a second, they will eat me alive it's, as well. it's, it's human nature like, like like i'm from i'm from dublin originally and obviously with the pandemic like i haven't been able to go home for the past two years and 
my, me and my wife, we had, we had twin boys like six months ago. So like my mom, my dad and my sisters haven't met them yet. And yeah. like my wife's family's all from here in Halifax. So they've all got to meet them. And it's, it's just that those kind of little things like, you know, it's, it is very difficult to block out the fact that you're not at home a lot, but you, you also got to realize too, that like, you know, um, there's, you, there's opportunities. And I think your family appreciates that, you know, that you're there for a reason, you know what I mean? And yeah, like uh, my mom always says like, we'll always be here. And it's like, well, it's just, it's just a matter of like, uh, like sometimes you, you kind of have to prioritize other things just to, to, to like, because sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish. I know it sounds horrible, but you know, it's like, um, it, it is what it is. I actually have a guy on the show on Friday um, who started a, a, a program in Ireland called Head in the Game. So it's all about like, it's a mental health charity for players and, and stuff like that. So I have him on the cool. show and, and um, that's why it's kind of the down the pub aspect too, is that if we were all having a point, it wouldn't be just, I'd be asking you kind of like crappy, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so that's kind yeah, of, yeah, you get to, so, and I think yeah. that it's all, it's all fun to answer those kind of questions. People want to hear about it sometimes, but at the same time, you know, it's, you want, yeah, there's a lot more to it than once you get beneath, yeah. scratch the surface, you know, you get to go deeper and it's, yeah, it's cool. So again, we'll have to sit down for a beer and, and do this properly. Yeah, um, man, but. definitely. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.